0: Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Derek Henry haunts my nightmares. Grassy, And today, oh baby, is heading into week 16, Sunday night football. This game has been circled since the schedule came out and it is finally here. And so to help break down this Sunday night football primetime matchup, we got the very popular YouTuber MJ from Sports Fan Entertainment. MJ, thanks so much for coming on the show, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And very popular YouTuber, I will take that compliment coming from you, my friend. Intro. Listen,
0: listen. We got we got to build our guests up. That's it. And listen, I gotta say, I love the background. Everything that's going on in the background right now, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, the oh, lions. Yeah. It, you know, the lions. You know, they're, they're whatever. But we got we got the Game of Thrones. We got we got Infinity War going on. I'm all about it.
1: Oh, and trust me, no, that is not for the Detroit Lions. That's my boy Aslan up there. So absolutely not staying far away from the Detroit Lions.
0: I figured, you know, listen, because you're gonna have to go to Narnia to actually find lions that are actually good. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: That's a fantasy (laughs) land for sure.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I I've been looking forward to this and this game, like I'm 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 pretty pumped up about. I think that it's gonna be an awesome test for both of our teams. Uh and more so our defenses than anything. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised. This is a very high-scoring affair, um, and I kind of just want to talk to to you as a Titans fan for a bit before we break down the game because the Titans have kind of like gone through this resurgence over the past couple of years in which they had like nine and seven, nine and seven, nine. But it, last year was like finally the good nine and seven. <laughs> And, and you kind of shocked the world, you know, running through the Patriots, literally running through the Ravens, literally, and making it all the way to the AFC championship game. So can you kind of just like give me your feelings and thoughts as that's going on? Like you, you make the playoffs next year, you sneak in. Did you think that you guys were poised to like go on the run that you did?
1: Well, really what happened is, if you think back, even over the last two decades, the Titans have always been a decent team, you know, for the most part. But then really the huge dip happened in 2014 and 15, which allowed them to then select Marcus Mariota second overall in the 2015 NFL draft. And then his rookie year was absolutely still terrible. Then the year after, his sophomore year, they went 9-7, and as you said, 9-7 and the year after, but making the playoffs – and then 97 seven the year after Marcus Mariota missed the final game, missing the playoffs. So we always knew the Titans were about a mid, you know, maybe making the playoffs a mid team in the NFL, maybe slightly better than average. Yeah. Last year, things started pretty terribly for the Titans. They started two and four. Everyone wanted to burn the house down. Everyone wanted to fire, you know, Mike Vrabel, the head coach. Everyone wanted to get Marcus Mariota out of there. I was actually one of the people, unfortunately, I can say to this day, that thought Mariota still should have been in there, but they put in Ryan Tannehill, and pretty much since that moment, they've been off to the races. What is that, finishing seven and... 7-3 uh, and three yeah. in the regular season last season and then winning the wild card game against the uh, New England Patriots, essentially ending their dynasty. I mean, that is what essentially sent Tom Brady out of New England that will forever be known as his <laughs> final loss as a New England Patriot, upsetting the Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round. It really was Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it was just enough of a difference at the quarterback position for the run game to become as dominant as it is now. And at the time before this season for the defense to look better than it had. Now this year, the defense is awful. They let go of key uh, key players of the defense, specifically Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan, that were veterans for the team. They really held uh, things down, but really when Ryan Tannehill took over in that Denver Broncos game last year, week six, that's when things really changed for this football team yeah
0: and i think you know kind of alluding to the fact one the fact that tom brady's last you know throws a pick six as, as a new england patriot is just you saved the world is it basically like you could say it right like you'd be like i i ended their tyranny like you oh, yeah, did that. absolutely yeah you know dolphins are like yeah you know we made them lose so they dropped down to go into the wild card round you know and listen you know claps all around but like you guys did the work <laughs> yeah. Like you, you got it done and I mean the the Ravens game too. Just watching that game, like I just remember sitting here going, "Oh crap!" Like this is a thing. Like this is this is going to be a thing. And I think that to your point that you mentioned about Tannehill coming in, obviously he spent a lot of time with the Dolphins. And whether you want to say it was underutilization, just not the right personnel around him, you know, never had that dominant run game to really support him. What do you think it was about Tannehill? that like, allowed him to be successful in Tennessee and didn't allow him to be successful in Miami.
1: I mean, more and more, I'm looking at Adam Gase. I mean, I just think this guy <laughs> is absolutely terrible. I think he's one of the worst head coaches, actually, in NFL history at this point. I mean, I mean, you see, after he's now left Miami, Brian Flores last year was 5-11, and 11, but you could see the Dolphins were showing life, showing life. Yeah. Now they're 9-5 and five ascending. You see Devontae Parker, a wide receiver that struggled under Adam Gase, now becoming one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. You see Ryan Tannehill leaving the Dolphins. At the time, people would have said Taylor Hill's the worst quarterback than Mariota. That's what we thought, yeah. that all of a sudden Tata comes in, performs much better than Marcus Mariota. And that's why I'm telling people right now, do not sleep on Sam Darnold if Sam Darnold ends up being Agreed. traded or whatever, wherever Agreed. he goes. Because obviously, Adam Gates, wherever he goes, whatever he touches, turns to crap. I mean, this yeah. is just what's going on with this guy. The Jets were bad. They weren't this bad. Now they are going to be – I mean, well, they look like they're going to be winless and then they end up winning a game somehow this past week. But the guy is just an (laughs) all-play head coach. But, yeah, he has definitely better protection here in Tennessee, certainly a better run game, don't get me wrong. But I think the whole Dolphins organization under Adam Gase just really underutilized everyone that they had. Larry Tonsil's left is now one of the best left tackles in the league. It's just the, the names on the list just go on and on and on of the players that underwhelmed under Adam Gase under that Miami Dolphins regime it's just really pathetic when you look back at it
0: yeah and i think that what stands out about Tannehill is just how careful he's been with the football and i feel like you know you have Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes them being like the front runners for mvp but Tannehill's having like a phenomenal season he has over 3400 yards 31 touchdowns five interceptions and four on the ground getting into like those are just like impressive ass stats But I feel like he's never in that conversation. Like he's not like with the Mahomes and Rodgers. Any idea like, is that just media bias? Like Or is it just like Tannehill's not like a household name?
1: Well, yes, I would say it's media slash confirmation bias. For a lot of people, the jury's out on Ryan Tannehill. They already believe they know what he is. They saw him at Miami. And it's just so hard for them to take whatever they viewed back then out of their minds. It's been a while since we've seen a quarterback truly have a resurgence like this. And even Alex Smith, remember Alex Smith, he went from being awful in San Francisco to being pretty damn decent in, you know, Kansas City. But even then people were like, eh, he's still Alex Smith. It's always hard to beat and change that narrative whenever it's set especially when you completely fail with the team sometimes you can you know perform a little poorly for a team but then you'll get better over time and then the narrative can change when you really perform poor, maybe Teddy wasn't poor but for the seven years he's in miami you know just being decent at best that narrative was formed and it also didn't help that whenever the titans were on you know national television last season whenever they were on prime time and in the yeah. playoff games tenner actually didn't do much those games were not indicative of what he did for us the entire year. There's a reason why, yes, he is leading the league in touchdowns, total touchdowns, passing and rushing, since he's taken over as quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. He's leading the NFL in pass rating since he took over for the Tennessee Titans. He's leading in yards at, uh, per attempt. So people enforce every single time. It's so frustrating that we're on national television. For some reason, it just people don't <laughs> see the hill that we see yeah. week to week. And maybe that's a old thing, but I don't necessarily believe that because at the end of the day, we did enough to beat New England last year in the wildcard round. We did enough to beat Baltimore. And then hopefully we do enough to beat you too. Yeah. But uh, we'll see on that.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, heading into this season too was, I don't know, like, I feel like it was different, right? Because like you had this run at the end and you are like, crap. I, and I mean, listen, I felt the same exact way as a Packer fan. I was like, wow. We definitely exceeded our expectations. And I most definitely like overachieved last year, like looking at that new head coach, just so many differences. And with you you know, like you said, starting with Mariota rough start to the season, you go on a tear with Tannehill, you know, you beat two of the best teams in the playoffs and then boom, like here we are. So heading into this season, like we're looking at preseason, you obviously are extending guys like Tannehill, you extend Derek Henry, Before we jump into what your expectations were for the season, how did we feel about those extensions? Because I know Tannehill, I think, makes more sense to me. But I think in terms of Henry, who arguably is the best running back in football right now, there's always that, like, do you give a lot of money to running backs kind of, you know, idea. So I'm curious to kind of like what your stance were on those two big contracts.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with the Derrick Henry one. I was on board with it. I feel like at least 85% of the Titans fan base was on board with it. And this is despite being traumatized from the contract that we gave Chris Johnson. The key difference between Chris Johnson and Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry really didn't play much his first two years. Mm -hmm. His first year, he was splitting carries with DeMarco Murray, and Murray was getting significantly more. Second year, he was still splitting carries with DeMarco Murray. Then he took over late end of the year, And then it was literally just the last two years before his big payday. And certainly the last year when he actually broke 1,500 yards where he was getting a bulk of the carries. But you just look at Derrick Henry and you just know that the work he puts in, this guy looks indestructible. We just had faith that, yeah, a four-year extension for this guy that still has, you know, the years that we've given him in terms of just off, in terms of like the tread on his tires, I still think he has three, four, five years left. He looked a lot more like Marshawn Lynch than Chris Johnson to us in terms of yeah. sustainability, durability, and in terms of the success that he got moving forward. So most of us felt great about Tannehill, about Derrick Henry. Now, about Tannehill, it was a little less, I'll say 75-80%. The only other factor that came into play was the Tom Brady rumor. Some people wanted oh. to go for Tom Brady. And I think these rumors were legitimate in order to huh. just, you know, take advantage of the roster that we had now that we deemed to be suitable worthy and believing that. Tom Brady would be, you know, better late and in the playoffs than Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. Well, actually remains to be seen on that because I believe the Bucs will make the playoffs. The Titans will make the playoffs and we'll see, you know, if maybe that will actually will end up being true at the end of the day. But I mean, Tannehill just played so well last season and time and time and time again, we saw that it truly wasn't an aberration where most of the Titans fan base, including myself, was absolutely down for that 10 extension. I thought the number ended up being a damn good number as well, just about $30 million for him. Yeah. And Derrick Henry ended up getting paid, I want to say, less than Le'Veon Bell, or just about yes, yeah. as much yeah, as Le'Veon he got, Bell. Yeah. It was much like, less than Ezekiel Elliott, yes. um, about what David Johnson was getting paid. So we thought it was great market value, and we took that.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, because like you said, too, it, when they actually re-signed him, I was like, oh, okay, like, that's less than I thought it was going to be. Like, you look at, like, a Dalvin Cook, right, who, like, basically just got everything thrown at him, too. Like, again, like, similar ideal of, like, okay, I mean, like, you have literally, like, a guy locked up for a good amount of time, and you know, even if it, let's go low end, if it's three years, you have three years of, essentially, you don't have to worry about your run game. Exactly. That's, that's a pretty good trade-off. So, then, heading in, you, you lock up, you know, your two main guys, you, you mentioned the defense before, kind of, what were your expectations going into this year? Like, were you like, okay, you know, we're going to be, Contenders for the Super Bowl again, you know, we're going to win the division, you know, which is a definitely wide open division. Kind of what were your thoughts heading into this season?
1: So my thoughts was that, or primarily were that, the last team was going to be an extension into this season and how the team looked. Pretty much almost exactly. I thought the defense was going to look almost the same and the offense was going to look almost the same. But oddly enough, the offense ended up just exploding this season and the defense turned to absolute trash. (laughs) Now I thought this was all going to turn into about an 11 and 5 record, and right now we're 10 and 4. And if we lose to you guys and beat the Texans, we'll be 11 and 5. So it's actually shaking out how I ended up uh, thick it would. But I mean, the defense this year—I mean, it is shocking for us Tennessee Titans fans. Right. I mean, and even as outside fans, you guys know the Titans are known historically for their defense, for their run game. Mm-hmm. That's been our move, even when we've had the better offensive players that we've had yeah. in chris johnson and even vince young's little heyday he wasn't throwing for 300 yards a game it was fun steve mcnair i love steve mcnair he wasn't throwing for 400 yards a game you know this has been our formula: defense run game jeff fisher ball that's been our move now all of a sudden we're the number one offense in the nfl we have the most points in the nfl true we're throwing the rock like crazy. And we always had faith in these guys. I was always a huge supporter and stan of Corey Davis. And I'm happy that finally everything yeah. is coming to fruition for him. Hopefully we get him extended. AJ Brown, I had him number one as the wide receiver coming out of that draft class. Now, DK Metcalf looks great. Terry McLaurin looked great. He did They're all yeah. great. He, but he I is, loved AJ Brown coming out. I was excited for him. He got over a thousand yards his rookie season, looks to get over a thousand yards again and has made the Pro Bowl. We knew what 10L gave us last season. We knew what Derrick Henry gave us last season. So the potential for the offense to be great was there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just thought, like, eh, we'll probably be, you know, anywhere. You know, top 10-ish. Maybe even borderline top five. I was not expecting number one. And then, conversely, the defense being this bad. Again, losing defensive tackle, Jarrell Casey. Losing quarterback, Logan Ryan. Yeah, those were big losses. But they also got Davian Clowney, who ended up coming in, yeah. not even getting a sack having an Allen meniscus injury being out for the season. They've also had some other injuries here or there, like they're finally getting their best cornerback back in Adore Jackson, and he played very well in his, I guess, season debut last week. But for the defense to take in the step back that it has, and primarily, yeah. I believe, because their defensive coordinator last year, Dean Pease, former defensive coordinator for the Super Bowl-winning Baltimore Ravens in 2012, his retirement, and Mike Vrabel, who's a great head coach, but Mike Vrabel's refru- refusal to replace him with any defensive coordinator. We don't have a defensive coordinator right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been such a critical mistake and has really turned into the worst NFC times defense we've had since at least 2014 or 15.
0: I mean, like, uh, it's funny. Obviously, we didn't have the run game, but I'm getting, like, shades of, like, 2011 Packers. It's just, like, it's okay, offense. Go out and win the game. <laughs> like, like, well, let's pretend we don't even have a defense on the other side of the ball. Yep. Yeah. And and listen, like it's uh, it it's worked, right? Like it, it's gotten enough done. And I mean, you can control time of possession, you know, because Derrick Henry is is being a monster. Or is gonna like tear you up. I mean, that was the thing. Last week against the Lions, everything that went viral was all about Derrick Henry. I mean, you know, stiff arming the man literally out of his body, which was which was great to watch. A little terrifying, but great to watch. But like Tannehill has five touchdowns. So like, I'm, I'm looking at this game and I feel like all the focus and, and somewhat rightfully so is on Derrick Henry. But at the same time, I'm also looking like even if we sold out in trying to stop Derrick Henry, we still have Ryan Tannehill and the rest of that offense to worry about. So kind of looking ahead at this Sunday's game, you know, prime time. it is in Lambeau, you know, I, I, and it's supposed to be like 18 degrees. I believe it's supposed to be like some snow flurries and things like that. Oh, I imagine they're going to run the rock a lot. What are the keys to the game for you in order for the Titans to walk out of Lambeau with a
1: win? The Titans absolutely have to start with a lead. This has been a consistent thing throughout this season. They can play from behind, sure. but when they do, they have to take Derrick Henry essentially out of the football game. He can still get his carry here or there, And he can, you know, do some things in the receiving game, but not nearly enough to be a huge threat. If the Packers go ahead early in this game by double digits, I'll say, they're just going to run through the game. It's hard to say exactly, you know, definitively now that uh, Adoree Jackson, who I mentioned, was the Titans' best cornerback, That is back, you know, the past defense did look better last week. But it looks so bad all season long. There's a reason why the Cincinnati Bengals are one of our losses. There's a reason why we almost lost to the Vikings. There's a reason why we almost lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. Our secondary is piss poor. I mean, it is awful. Our whole zone coverage on defense is really bad. Yeah. And we're still dealing with injuries on that side of the football right now. So absolutely have to get a lead if you're the Tennessee Tigers. We're the Packers prevent the Titans from getting a lead because the Packers run defense has not been great this year. hasn't necessarily had to be. Yeah. But, you know, I think you're averaging like maybe 4.5 yards a carry. Yeah, that's not going to work against Derrick Henry, especially early in the game, because although you may be allowing 4.5 yards a carry to the NFL, Derrick Henry is going to run about five on you at least sure. if that's the case. So for the Packers, you have to stop the run early and get as an, early a lead as possible as you can. And I'm telling you, if you guys get a lead, Aaron Rodgers is going to rip us to shreds. I, I guarantee it 100%. I've seen it too many times, not from Rodgers, but from every single quarterback we face this season. We're not giving one quarterback hell. We have no pass rush. I don't think we've got a sack in, I want to say, 12 quarters, like Jeez. three games at this point. We haven't gotten one sack. So Aaron Rodgers is going to sit in the pocket all day long. He's going to rip us to shreds. I know this for a fact. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I feel like what it comes down to is because listen, the Packers, as they did against the Colts, as they did against the Panthers, they they've had this a couple of times where they go out to a big, like double digit lead going into halftime. And we're like, yes, like this is going to be golden. And then they do nothing in the second half. They lose to the Colts because of that. And you know, they only scored three points against the Panthers and they made it more of a close game uh, last week. So like, I like to believe you, but I also am a little worried about that second half. Like it just needs to be a full performance game. And I think for the Titans, like what it comes down to as well is it is like keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field and literally giving the rock to Derrick Henry and passing, obviously, but controlling that time of possession and just like essentially eliminating them completely because they're most likely going to score. Right. So then it might just come down to, okay, we got to make sure we have the ball last. So then we go and score. And then, and then that's that, but I feel like this is going to be a damn close game.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And also on that note, um, it's interesting. I think whenever the Packers have had struggles in the second half, they at least face teams that have been getting, you know, after their end a little bit, make him a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, we don't really do that. So that's why I'm so concerned <laughs> if the Packers get ahead of the game.
0: OK. All right. So good to know that, like, Rodgers will be well protected, because last week, I will say, you know, the, the offensive line has been really, really good this year. You know, Corey Lindsley is out um, but he's been he came back to practice our center who's having an all pro year this year um but we allowed i think it was four sacks last year, uh, week against the panthers which again listen the panthers have a pretty good defense you know they're, they're not terrible um but yeah okay that's that's at least reassuring that Rodgers can just be like okay i'm just gonna sit back and i'm gonna throw the ball
1: yeah if we because... get four sacks in four games we're happy
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like that's where the bar is yeah. so regardless so kind of last thing regardless of how sunday goes You know, you guys are obviously going to be making the playoffs, you know, in contention to to win the South, you know, still battling out with the Colts. How do you see the rest of your season entering the pro season? Like, how does you see that panning out? Do you think that you're one of those teams that like has a shot against like a Chiefs? I would have said the Steelers two weeks ago, but I'm not going to say the Steelers anymore. But like, you know, a, a Chiefs team, a Bills team who's been playing really well. Like, do you think that, like, you have the team to be, like, going into one of those places and, and pulling off a W and potentially going to the Super Bowl?
1: The Titans could be any team in the NFL, and that is, including the NFL, uh, that is including the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that to be 100% Ooh. true. And they have currently, like I said, the best offensive league that includes a better offense than the Kansas City Chiefs. True. My only problem with this team is can they do it multiple times in a row? Mm. They beat the Buffalo Bills 42 to 16. I want to say that's the Bills last loss. I want to say, yeah, for sure. That's their most embarrassing loss of the season. Right. And that, and the Bills are probably going to end up being the second seed in the AFC at this point. Yeah. They could be any team, any given week. The problem is, can they win three or four in a row to actually get to the Super Bowl and win it? That's my problem. Yeah. But if they get ahead on Kansas City, they run the ball well. They get the occasional with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they could put up forty-five on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City and beat them. I know this one hundred percent because I've seen this team dominate Colts. I've seen this team dominate the Bills. But I've also seen them not show up in the first half against the Cleveland Browns, allow five touchdowns in the first half, and the game's over. It yeah. just depends on the week. But they could beat anyone any given week.
0: I feel like that has really just been like the theme of this year. Like it's, it honestly, like I, I, at this point trying to predict games, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what team's going to show up. I don't like, it's, it's so difficult. Like there's so much like um, parody in the NFL right now. Like it's just so insane and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you talk about the, the dominant run teams in the AFC right now, you know, the Colts are starting to come alive a little bit with like Jonathan Taylor, the Steelers really have a lack of a run game. The, the chiefs really haven't been utilizing their run game bills meh, depends, you know, Josh Allen's been doing a bunch of it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you have a set of skills that definitely could put you over the top. And again, it's kind of like pick your poison with the Titans offense, because which one do you want to die by?
1: Yeah, man, essentially. And then one more thing to look at for our season is we are currently balancing the potential for Derrick Henry to get 2,000 rushing yards, Yes, but also trying to keep him healthy and ready for the playoffs. I think right now he's at 1,600, maybe 80, so he needs like 160-ish yards yeah. per game for the last two games. How do we balance that? Does that matter? Personally, I think it matters. If, if anyone has the opportunity to get that accolade, I'll you know, put them at the opportunity to do so, but we'll see what Mike Rable decides to do.
0: Yeah. That's no, very, very true. Listen, you know, Packers have uh, given up some uh, records. We've given up to 2000 yard rushers, little Adrian Peterson a few years back. So, you know, crazier, crazier things have happened. I I hope, uh, listen, you, if you get like a hundred rushing yards and then get like 260 next week, like, that's cool. Like you could do that. Like I'm totally down with that. So, go for it. Just don't win. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm asking.
1: You know, as long as, and I don't think this is going to happen because the way they're playing right now, it's just incredibly hard to believe that it will happen. But as long as the Steelers can beat the Colts, we can afford a loss to you guys beat the Texans week 17. We win the AFC South. We're good. We're yeah. not a contender for this bye week right now, the singular bye week in the AFC. It's not going to happen. I just still want to win the AFC South. So as long as – and I don't know if it's going to happen because the Steelers are asleep. They are sleeping beauty right now. And there's really nothing beautiful about them, so they're just sleeping ugly. I mean, if they can somehow beat the Colts, I'll be happy. And I'll just go into Sunday night saying, okay, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, listen, if the
0: Rams beat the Seahawks and then we beat you guys, we're the number one overall seed, and, like, we clinch it. So – A lot riding on this game for the Green Bay Packers. So uh, we shall see, my friend. But MJ, I really appreciate you coming on talking about uh, Titans Packers, kind of giving us a lowdown. Uh, Please tell all the people where they can find all the things that you do.
1: Yeah, man. So the number one thing is my YouTube channel, Sports Fan Entertainment. I'm sure a link will be down in the description box below. But you can also search it. It's not hard to spell. Sports Fan (laughs) Entertainment. And also my Twitter is at the MJ Take. Once again, that is at the MJ Take. And that's really it anything more that you want to find you could find via those links beautiful mj
0: it's been a pleasure i wish you all the luck and many upsets in the playoffs for you and Thank your team you. and uh, cuz mike Vrabel is a he's a heck of a, i like him a lot he's a, he's a, he's a good coach and plus when he almost you know got into like a fist fight a few weeks ago that was pretty cool too so oh yeah and who
1: knows we could be seeing a super bowl preview this sunday night listen i'm about it I'm about it.
0: So go and check out MJ and all the things that he does. The links will be in the description down below. <sighs> Should be a great game on Sunday night and potentially clinching the NFC for the Green Bay Packers. We shall see. You can know, me at com or at Tom Comedy, All social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash and YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic holiday if you're celebrating. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, Go Pack Go!